are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast, a part of the Locks on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, I'm hopping on Locked on MLB podcast to talk with my guy, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. We're breaking down the D-backs MLB trade deadline and discussing this terrible season as a whole. So it's a great conversation between Sully and I. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the MLB trade deadline because it's quickly approaching and the Locked on MLB YouTube channel will be streaming the hot stove live. Two hours of MLB analysis from our Locked On lineup of local experts, which will include me, Sneak Peek. Subscribe to Locked On MLB on YouTube and tune in July 30th, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, let's jump right into that conversation with Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, which is being dropped on the 27th day of July 2021, we are going to bring back friend of the podcast, Miller Shane Thomas, the host of Locked On Diamondbacks, to talk about the fate of his team as they approach the trade deadline and who he expects to stay, who he expects to go, and what's going to happen for the final third of the season. This show is available on the free and easy-to-use Odyssey app. We're also available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're at home and you have a smart device or if your car has a smart device, be sure to tell it to play Podcast Lockdown MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including Lockdown Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. And hey, why not Lockdown Diamondbacks with Miller Shane Thomas? Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, as I hinted, and as you heard the mm-hmm in the background, we have on once again, friend of the podcast, return contestant, Lord Thomas, welcome back to the show, buddy. Yeah, last time I was on was probably that first uh, Jeopardy show, so I'm glad to be back after a long hiatus. Well, you know, uh, no one can accuse me of East Coast bias as I bring in the mighty Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, this is, uh, let's just, let's not mince words here right now. This has been a rough year. Oh, yeah. It's been a rough year. I mean, right now we're trying to avoid the worst record in franchise history. We need 21 more wins to avoid that season. So it's going to be tough. I mean, it would have to be the best stretch of D-backs baseball this year to avoid it. But it's been possible. They've looked solid to start the second half. Well, okay. You know what? I love it. The glass is not exactly half full, but you at least acknowledge there's water in the glass, mm-hmm. uh, which is all right. They are currently playing at a 307 
winning percentage. If you're playing along at home, that is on pace to go uh, 49 and 112, which is not good. No, that would be the worst record in franchise history if they won that. But let me just bring up a couple quick things here. Okay, first of all, they yes, they they let's just they've had a rough year. Uh, one of the things that I think should make Diamondbacks fans a little bit happy about their prospects going into next year. I'm not talking about their minor league prospects. I'm talking about the team itself. Mm-hmm. Is that Cattell Marte is on the injured list? which means he's not going to be traded mm-hmm. and that. he is signed for next year. And he has an option, I think for the year after the year after that. So Marte is going to be back next year mm-hmm. that, you know, you have at least one player that you can remember and can <laughs> build upon. Uh, and I'm going to say something, even though this team is almost a cinch to lose a hundred games, uh, I don't fire Tori Lavolo. I, I don't get rid of the manager at this point. I know it's, you know, it's a knee jerk that, oh man, we stink, uh, better fire the manager. Uh, I don't think this is on him. I think he's still a smart baseball guy. He's just a couple of years removed from this team being a legitimate contender. And I, I don't know. I don't see him as the problem with this team. Yeah, they're not going to fire him in season, but I believe his contract is up at the end of the year. So I don't think Toy Lavello is coming back since that one year he made the postseason 2017. Uh, the team has kind of been worse ever every year since they won 82 and 18, 85 and 19, but they looked really bad in 2020. It was a COVID year, so you could kind of throw away the stats. But in 2021, they looked bad again. It's not all on Toy Lavello. There's been a lot of injuries, some guys not performing up to their standard expectations. But still, uh, when you have a manager that's only made one wild card appearance and has missed the playoffs four straight years and really can't get that far above a, a 500 record, I mean, this was a team that wanted to compete going into the 2020 season and it all fell apart. And then it kind of continued over into 2021. So the, the D-backs might want to go in a different direction uh, next season. Toy Lavello is my Kazen's guy. They both come over from the Red Sox organization. But mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't see Toy Lavello come back next year. All right, there you go. Uh, I want to just bring up something. I'm not trying to pour salt in the wound here, but on the 15th day of May, mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks were obviously they're not off to a great start, but they were only four games under 500. And you're thinking, hmm, I wonder if they zig instead of zag. If they, you know, they're hanging around with the Cubs and the Braves at that point. I wonder how they're going to do. And do you know what their record has been since that day? Uh, I'm guessing they've won not a lot of games. 13 games. They've won 48 games. They've lost. <laughs> that is a uh, two thirteen winning percentage. Not the best. No, that's that's not good. That's not very good. Sully and I will continue our conversation about the D backs and the deadline. But did you know Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Built Bar is because I'm a health conscious guy. I'm working out every day, but I have a sweet tooth and Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber. So it's great for that keto diet. Go to built.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code lock15 for 15% off. Built.com. 
because I remember him being a big managerial prospect when he was with Boston. And of course, they did make it to the wild card into the division series his first year of managing. I remember this Diamondbacks team looked like they were on the verge of being possibly winning the West in 2019. And they had that disastrous September. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess I give every team a mulligan from the COVID year. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of look at it like, look, it's not his fault that the team has traded away Grinky and traded away Goldschmidt and traded away all these players uh, and that they're playing in a division that has San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego. Um, but I didn't realize about his contract status. And uh, you know what? Who knows? He might be a valuable, you know, for some teams, it's good to bring in a manager who has managerial experience elsewhere. And maybe a change will do him good. Maybe he'll be the new Yankee manager. Oh, yeah. Who am I kidding? The The Yankees are going to sign Aaron Boone for life. But, uh, you know, but there will be some teams that could definitely use a manager going into next year. And so, who knows, maybe Lavola will be a interesting candidate. He's not that old, and he has some experience under his belt. So Yeah, he's probably in his 50s. And like I said before, it's not all on him. There's been a lot of injuries, but there's some questionable decisions. I don't know how much this season plays into his decisions if he's making calls because he's like, hey, this is a bad team. This team wants to tank. This is a team that doesn't really want to win a lot of games. So maybe that influences some of his decisions because sometimes I, you know, scratch my head with some decisions when a guy like uh, Merrill Kelly is going deep into the ball game and he's having a great game. Why well, go to that bullpen, which is the worst in baseball? Doesn't make much sense. Sometimes you have to let these guys go seven or eight innings. And I feel like Toy Lovello pulls starters sometimes too early when they're dealing in games. Sometimes he had one questionable decision where he had, you know, two or three guys on his bench and he elected to pinch hit with a Madison Bumgarner. I mean, that was probably your highlight of the season seeing Madison Bumgarner come in to pinch hit. But uh, there's been some questionable decisions for Toy Lavelle throughout the, throughout the year. And I I think it's going to be a reason as to why he's not coming back this year. I also think they want a new change in the organization, a new voice. And also, I don't know how much, you put player development on the coach's shoulders because you look at someone like Robbie Ray, who got worse and worse every year under Toy Lovello. Now he goes to the Blue Jays and he might be what top three, top four inside a young vote. Yeah, it's certainly an all-star caliber year. Yeah. He does he's have a tremendous year for the Buffalo Blue Jays. So <laughs> yeah, so it's stuff like that. Mass and Bumgarner, Luke Weaver having, you know, a good 2019 in his first year and hasn't really looked at that good since. So I don't know how much player development goes on Toy Lovello a lot these prospects coming up through the system don't seem to live up to their expectations when they get on the major league level. So I don't know if you put down the manager, uh, you know, bench coaches, they've tried, they, they've tried fire their, they, they fire their hitting coach, you know, mid season. So I don't know who that blame falls on, but Toy Lovello might be the scapegoat at the end of the season. All right. Well, look at that. And this is a, uh, you know, and, and, and you can certainly look at the quality of the season and say, Oh boy, We've gone from manager of the year and making it to the division series in 2017 to people saying, will they win more than 50 games? Yeah, that's a real conversation. We have to we have to go like 15 games below 500 just to get to 50 games. Like it's not that hard to get to 50 games if you're a good team. But for the D-backs, it would be their best stretch of baseball to get to 50 games. Okay, hold on. I'm actually going to look something up because I don't know the answer to this off the top of my head. So I'm going to go to baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. And I'm going to check one thing. 
uh, last year in the truncated season, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Dodgers won 43 games. 43 games was their final win total in the shortened season. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Diamondbacks have 31 wins. Yeah. So I guess the first goal is to get more wins than the Dodgers did in 60 games. That's mm-hmm. the first goal. Do you think they can do it? Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably not. I mean, the D-backs only have six more wins than their 2020 team. And they've played, uh, what, 41 more games than that team. So it's not that good. I mean, in April, like you said, they started off the year like kind of good. They were 14 and 12 to start the year. Like I was pretty optimistic on this team after the first 25 or so games. Like they were top three in run scored. They were like top three in home runs in the National League through those first 25 games. And then the bottom just fell out. They won 14 games in April. They were 14 and 12 in April. Then they won five games in May, three games in June. So they won eight games total in the next two months. Months, but in July, so far, they're nine and ten in July. So they have more wins this month than the last two months combined. Right, they're stuff. turning it around. They're turning it around. There's still I, a lot of games left. Get Lavello on the long-term contract. That's what I gotta say. That's what I gotta say. This is the <laughs> this is Lavello's team. This is Lavello's team for the long term. But uh now look at if you have Lavello on this team managing, mm-hmm. I'm telling you right here and now. The Diamondbacks are a sure fire bet. And if you're going to make bets, go to bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing. You track all the action at bet online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams preps for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. It's your online sportsbook expert. Promo code locked on. Shane Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. Let's get down to brass tacks right now. Mm. Uh, Millard, you and I are going to be part of the trade deadline spectacular that Locked On is doing. I'm very excited that's going on at the end of the week. And the fact of the matter is the Diamondbacks. um, So let me get your first take on this. I don't want to assume anything. Are they are, are they buyers or sellers? Oh, they, okay. You're going to ask me that kind of question. Uh, I, mean, I, I think that's probably a rhetorical question. Yes. Yes. I'm being, I'm being a, a slight goofball here. Um, but the fact of the matter is the, the Diamondbacks have a couple of pieces that are, that have some potential value. Mm-hmm. I think one of the pieces that is the most interesting, and of course these trades don't happen in vacuums mm-hmm. that you have a lot of, players who are coveted at the trade deadline. And it's funny, the Diamondbacks played the Cubs over the weekend. And I think every player had a big for sale sign around their neck for on both of those teams. It was less of a series and more of a showcase for the uh, prospective trade buyers. Chris Bryant of the Cubs is obviously going to be one of the most coveted players available 
at the trade deadline. But I think that if you don't land Chris Bryant, someone like Eduardo Escobar, mm-hmm. who had an all-star season this year so far, it would be, if not the perfect fit for some, I think he's a valuable piece uh, if for no other reason that he can play both third base and second base, mm-hmm. that he has a little more versatility around the infield. And I think a team like the Mets who have been linked with the uh, Chris Bryant deal should be kicking the tires heavily on Eduardo Escobar because they need help at various parts of their infield. And Escobar could fill in in one of those two spots. Oh, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of teams coming after Escobar. The team he's been linked to the most of the Chicago White Sox because Mm -hmm. they originally drafted him back, you know, however long it was. And they lost Nick Madrigal basically for the season at second base. So adding Escobar in that middle of the lineup with a Tim Anderson, a Jose Abreu, a Yoan Moncada, Escobar will fit right in there. And like you said, he can play all over the infield, second base, third base. He's a pretty solid infielder and he's a real Middle of the order slugger. I mean, he's got 22 home runs. He's one of the top leaders in RBIs in the National League. So even though this D-backs team is awful, our, uh, Escobar has been a run producer in that middle of the lineup, and he's pretty much the only threat with the Ketel Marte out. Yeah, I think he'd be a – I mean, I think he's a perfect fit with the Chicago White Sox, especially with Madrigal out for probably the rest of the year that put him in the infield along with Anderson, along with Moncada. I think that he would be a really, really terrific fit, and that would be one of the best infields in baseball. Abreu, Escobar, Moncada, and Anderson on a team that's already pretty solid and is probably going to get Yoloy Jimenez back. Uh, I, I think, though, I mean, I look at him with the Mets. I think that the I think he would be an underrated trade chip for the Mets. I really think that he would he'd be a perfect fit with that team. And maybe even I mean, I know, you know, people kind of roll their eyes at in division trades, but mm-hmm. I, I think the Dodgers could really use him as well. I mean, I know you don't want to hear that. I know you don't want to hear that. But the key is here's the deal. Here's the deal. If they get a really good young piece for Escobar, mm-hmm. then Diamondback fans can hold that over the Dodgers saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you rented Escobar, but look at that. We got this guy for the long term. I'm, I'm trying to help you out, man. If we, yeah, if they want to give up one of their top prospects, then, yeah, I'll do that for Escobar. But I feel like it would be a fleecing by the Dodgers because I feel like they always fleece teams in these kind of trades. So I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to touch the Dodgers at all with Escobar. Um, let me ask also um, – I mean, you have, you know, Nick Ahmed is, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the veterans and at this point, it's sort of like, you I mean, you're not going to get a great player back for Josh Reddick. Yeah. You know, he is a left-handed pinch hitter who could pitch evidently. Um, but, you know, then you have the question mark is you have Baumgartner. Mm-hmm. Now, Baumgartner, save for his seven inning, no hitter has been a disappointment this year to say the least. And uh, you know, the fact that he's, He's started 23 games total with Arizona and in 112 innings, he has an ERA of 5.6. So suddenly the giants don't look so dumb for letting him walk at the trade deadline or the, uh, uh, as a free agent a few years ago, that being said, he's still Madison freaking Bumgarner, And would it behoove the diamondbacks to have him say, Hey, look at, he will probably wake up come October. Wouldn't you rather have an energized Madison Bumgarner for 
the you know for a pennant run in exchange for a, a key piece? I I would think the D-backs would love to trade Madison Bumgarner. I just don't think there would be any takers on Bumgarner. He's got a pretty fat contract. I'm going to look it up here real quick, but I believe he's making $23 million annually over the next two years. And like you said, for a guy who hasn't looked that great, I mean, you just said his ERA. Outside of the first three starts this season, he's been pretty solid. Uh, if you take away the first three starts, he had a little streak where he had a historic five-start streak for the D-backs. Then he went on the injured list, had a couple of weird starts there, and then he came back to start the second half. He's been really good again to start the second half, so I think there is upside there with Bumgarner as we go down this second half stretch, but he's making $19 million this season, 23 annually in 22 and 2020. And then he makes 14 million in 2024. And we've seen, I mean, I, I still think he has upside down the second half, but we know he's in decline. So I don't know if a team wants to pay him around 20 million for the next three seasons with the decline we've already seen. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Remember, the NBA draft goat Chad Ford, Lockdown NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, and Lockdown NBA host John Carolis will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's the Lockdown NBA draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And that's it for this edition of the Dimebacks podcast. We'll continue our last little bit of the conversation with Sully and I tomorrow. I'll probably talk about the D-backs series against the Rangers as well. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Deuces!